2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Empower Wichita on Power 93.5.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Empower Wichita. I'm your host, Carla. Hanging with you. I have sitting with me right here in the studio, the one and only Reggie Gerald. Reggie, how are you today? I'm doing fine. <laughs> Actually wonderful. Oh, wonderful. awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me, and I was hoping you brought this book, and I'm looking at it right now, 31 days, and we're going to dive into all of this. If you have not heard Reggie Gerald's name, you will, I promise. Now, I was kind of stalking this guy, just seeing what he's all about, and he's pretty much done it all. Television news reporter, newspaper reporter, college instructor, substitute paraeducator, and attorney. How do you have time to write a book, Reggie?
1: Well, (laughs) writing has been in my blood for many, many, many years. Okay, Uh, I've done journalism off and on, uh, again, for many years. So it was just one of those types of things that, with this particular book, uh, it was the birth of my first two grandchildren. Okay. And my wife indicated, you ought to write something for your grandchildren so they know something about you.
0: So it is true. Your wife helped inspire you to write this. Oh, Oh,
1: yes, definitely. It was her idea. And I thought, yes, because there are many stories that I never told my children. Yeah. And certainly if I never told them, how could they pass on those stories to the grandchildren?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, it lit a fire. So that was back in 16, if I remember correctly. So I started thinking and just compiling or writing essays um, based on highlights or in some instances, lowlights, right. valleys of my life for the grandchildren.
0: So what we're talking about is 31 Days and Nights, The Memoir of Living Black in America. And pretty much like he said, telling stories throughout his life, um, a collection of snapshots, so to speak. And so you said you started writing this. A lot of people will say, you know, I feel like I could write a book. I feel like I could do this. But it really takes something in you to sit down and just start writing. That puts you in a vulnerable position, I feel like. Yes. Was that one of the difficult parts of sharing all of this?
1: Yes, because I'm reliving those incidents. Yeah. And there are many, many of those situations that I did not include in this particular book. But every time I started thinking and started writing, I'm reliving those moments and sometimes they were Well, definitely challenging, painful, uh, soul-stirring, but nevertheless needed to be told. And I thought that, well, uh, I've learned some hard lessons, Mm -hmm. and my children and grandchildren will learn some hard lessons. So anything that I can do in the future that, well, thinking in terms of their future, that will help them or inspire them or perhaps give them some type of roadmap. Yeah. how to navigate this challenging life, I will do it. Yeah. So that's, that's really uh, what helped me keep going, meaning even though I'm writing and I'm reliving some of these tough situations, well, if I don't tell my story, who will?
0: Yes, absolutely. So when you say you wanted to provide, in a sense, a roadmap for your grandkids or, you know, generations to come, what are one of the stories you shared in this book to kind of give an example of one of those lessons or something you felt just really important or inspiring for others?
1: I have included a couple or three profiles of individuals. yeah. And there's one story of a junior high road monitor. Her name was Lily Reed, Mayberry Junior High. And uh, this was the, she was there the first, well, let's say it this way, when Wichita started the integration program back in the early 70s. -hmm. And I was part of that first program, first year program. And uh, going into the school, And seeing Mrs. Reed, she was a hall monitor, and she was stern and Mm -hmm. harsh, or so we thought, (laughs) meaning no one wanted to ruffle her feathers. So I say all that to say is I had this conception of this mean lady here. Well, fast forward a couple, three years, we have a ninth grade banquet type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I go, and my mother is one of the chaperones. My mother strikes up a conversation with Mrs. Reed. And come to find out, oh, okay, there's more to her than appearances as far as what right. we think. So mm-hmm. my point is, my mother started talking to Ms. Reed. My mother told me some of the things that Ms. Reed told her. Oh, oh well, she's not as mean as I thought uh-huh. she was. So I see all that to say is that broke down that barrier. I have a different impression of her. Based on the conversation that she had with my mother So again, fast forward many, many, many years I've graduated college Graduated uh, Iowa State grad school And uh, from time to time i check in with mother And uh, (laughs) people would call her Mm -hmm. And Mrs. Reed called her out of the blue Just to see how I was doing And this uh, this would have been in the early 80s All right, well, long past junior high Mm -hmm. And she's calling the check and uh, that, uh, re, I guess, instituted a relationship, meaning from a standpoint, got in contact with her. She offered, well, if you ever take math again, she was a math teacher, mm-hmm. I will help you. Well, no, I'm past that stage, but that initiated the friendship, let's say it that way. So I, when I would come back to Wichita, I would go to see her. And uh, I got to know her. And she was married to a gentleman, a Native American gentleman, which I didn't know. And she started to tell me some of their stories of prejudice and discrimination and wow. being treated very badly. I had no idea, of yeah. course. This is this mean hall monitor. Mm-hmm. No, that's, she's, she wasn't mean. She was caring, she, she was concerned about us. So as I learned more about her story, she became an inspiration to me. So um, we, I, my wife and I married in 1980, yeah, 81. And we invited Mrs. Reed. She lived in the south part of the town. I'll have you know that. No, she couldn't come to the wedding, but I live in the northeast area of town. She called two or three or four buses from her home to bring um, a gift. It was a leaf of gold booklet, uh, a collection of essays and poems and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But she called several buses just to bring us that gift in the neighborhood where we live, which was, was challenging, challenging neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just meant so much to us that she went to all that trouble. The mean just old for hall us, lady. Just for us. So again, we maintained a friendship. We stayed in contact for many years after that. Anytime I would come to Wichita, I would call and or go over to see her and just shoot the breeze. She met two of my children of course when they were small and and uh, we continued that relationship until she uh, developed some health issues and moved out of the home and, yeah. and so on and so forth yeah. but it was just a wonderful story That's amazing. a wonderful story of inspiration to me as far as judging a book by its cover mm-hmm. but I was wrong and forming a friendship that I learned from but not only I learned from but again that inspired me as far as she was willing to help me even though again I'm past well past the math Classes and so on and so forth And again, I found out, I realized she was just a loving, genuine, sincere person
0: I mean, so many lessons in that Like you said, not judging a book by its cover uh, Having a completely different perspective So sitting here with Reggie Gerald, Author of 31 Days, Memoir of Living Black in America Out now and there was a story in there that I wanted to ask you about. I didn't get to completely read the entire story, but I would love to learn about this Mexican family.
1: Well, <laughs> I was having some tough times, mm-hmm. meaning from the standpoint, didn't have very many pennies in the bank. Right. Make a long story short, I had gone to a local department, oh, that's. Walmart. Mm-hmm. I'll just say Walmart. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I left. I didn't have very much money as it was, and I left a twenty-dollar bill at home in my wallet. And again, I didn't have any credit cards. Didn't anyway. I left the money at home and just had maybe a couple of three or four-dollar single bills in my wallet. Mm-hmm. So I'm at Walmart, the neighborhood Walmart, and I'm collecting oh. Um, uh, things for dinner, uh, some medication, just some basic needs. Sure. 12 15 $16. Mm-hmm. All right. So I get to the checkout line, and the cash register person is checking me out, brings up the tally, the bill. I looked in my wallet. Oh, my goodness. There's only two or three singles in here. I left my money at home. Ah, So I don't have a charge. I have nothing. So then I had to apologize. Uh, Well, okay. I got to put this back. I got to put that back. So I'm standing in line. uh, Well, I'm standing at the register, and there is a a line has formed behind me.
0: Right, of course. And I'm
1: taking, well, I can't afford that, can't afford this, can't afford that. So basically I put a lot of stuff back because, Mm -hmm. again, I just didn't have the money for it. So I purchased what I could, which, again, wasn't very much. Go out to my car. Sitting in my car, there's a knock on the window, and I look up. And there's a young girl, I'd say 10, 9, 10, 11, knocking on my window. Mm -hmm. Well, what's going on here? I rolled down the window. And, sir, we would like for you to have these. This family, this Hispanic family, had purchased the groceries that I had put back. Wow. And the, the girl had brought them out to my car. And I was just so moved. I was just so inspired. And in my book, I call her Angel. Because, again, they were just, or the family, but she was just so kind. There was no judgment, no uh, uh, criticism. Sir, we would just like for you to have these, your groceries, the things I put back. So that's the reason why I included that in my book. Because, again, I needed that at that time. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, there was this angel watching out for me that, of course, I didn't even know existed. There was no luxuries. Those were some basic needs that I was trying to, to purchase. Yeah. So that's, that's great. again, that's the reason why that's included in the book there.
0: And you can hear that in many more stories in the 31 Days and Nights Memoir of Living Black in America. And how can people purchase the book? I see it's available Kindle and paperback on Amazon. Is that yes. the best? Yes. Okay. Sitting here with Reggie Gerald, this man has done it all. Television, newspaper, college instructor, you name it, attorney. And here we are talking about his 31 essay memoir. What is next for you? If you could do absolutely anything, um, you have this amazing book. So what's next?
1: I have additional stories or essays that I did not include in 31 Days. I want to do a a volume two of that. I have a collection. Many years ago, I used to do a freelance, uh, let's say, essay columns, write columns for the small newspaper group. Uh, the Rock Island Argus Moline Dispatch newspaper mm-hmm. And I did that for two or three years And I have a collection of columns That w- they were really well received By the public Meaning just anything I wanted to write about Heavy <laughs> subjects yeah. Light subjects Amusing subjects mm-hmm. Things of that nature So I have a collection of those essays Or columns that I want to publish And in addition I enjoy theater Uh but it's been a long time since I've done, I'm talking about community theater. Oh, okay. Uh, in the Quad Cities, Davenport, Highway area. So I want to get involved in community theater again and continue writing. I have many more stories, many other tales to tell as well.
0: Were you a storyteller, a writer into theater? Were you like this as a kid too? Yes. Yeah?
1: <laughs> yes. <What? laughs> uh, I was thinking about that. Uh-huh actually uh, a few days ago what i would do often is and i still have some of the poems some of the stories i wrote as a third fourth fifth sixth you grader wrote poetry? And i'm just i'm just sitting writing and i would write stories and it was just something that came easily for me yeah uh, and i didn't know at the time it was an outlet mm-hmm. but i just enjoy sitting and writing just creating Things, words, making words come together to form some type of magic. Yeah. So I started early. And again, I just I, I, it was just one of those things that whatever inspired me to write, I would write about. Yeah. So I did that, and I enjoyed doing that way back when.
0: I think that's awesome. And I think that's a lesson in itself. I, I feel like a lot of kids, even in the arts, writing, poetry, a lot of kids, especially young boys, are and this generation are scared to express themselves, to be free with those outlets. And quite honestly, I feel like you can help inspire people, especially the youth, to do certain things that maybe they're scared to do or it'll help push them. So what would you tell somebody listening right now who might be feeling apprehensive or like they just can't break out of, of that fear? Hang in there. Yeah.
1: I teach at Southwestern College and I often tell my students to dream your dreams and to go for your dreams and dreams do come true. Never give up on your dreams And don't let anyone talk you out of your dreams And don't think in terms of Well I have to be practical I have to do this I have to have mm-hmm. something to fall back on Otherwise I think it was Denzel Washington Who mentioned You'll find yourself falling back your entire life And I'm paraphrasing and I think I think that quote's attributed to him But nevertheless still I I'm a staunch advocate Of people following their dreams Believing in themselves Doing what God put in their hearts to do, regardless of the struggle, regardless of the challenge, regardless of who says, and there will always be haters, right. there will always be those who are right. criticize, mm-hmm. regardless of what you do. And I tell people, I say, well, the bottom line is, ignore them, because it's not their dream, that's it's right. your dream. So live your dream, and if you fail, that's all right. Get up, yeah. pick yourself up. Try, try again. <laughs> you may have to uh, talk to someone, may have to talk to some people to figure out, well, what am I doing wrong? But where there's a will, there's a way.
2: There's a way. But if you're
1: patient, and again, some things may take years. My first children book I wrote in the uh, early 90s, and I tried to get it published, and things didn't happen for five, six, seven, eight years. So it set in my file folder literally until <laughs> 2015, 16, 17 decades. Wow. I say all that to say is sometimes you have to utilize patience and don't give up too soon because, again, you may be so close to the breakthrough. And I often like to say, well, don't take yourself out of the ballgame. Now, even if you're sitting on the bench, well, if something happens to another player, you get to go in. But once you take yourself out of the ball game, quit the team, not only do you leave the court or the the, the stage or the, the stadium or the field with it, then you're out of the consideration of the game. Meaning, from the standpoint, you have removed yourself from consideration. And I've seen cases that people are so close to making their dreams come true, and then decide, well, no, I'm going to give up. I'm not. It's not happening for me quick enough. And
0: that's usually you right know. when things are about to exactly.
1: change. Exactly. I've seen that more than once. Hang on to your dreams, regardless of what. And keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, because, again, there will be people who will help you if you hang in there. You may not even know they exist, but they will help you with the right attitude, being positive, being loving, being kind. People will help you. Yeah. And at some point, we all will need help from somebody.
0: Wow. And it's kind of cliche. I love the saying, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So Exactly. So, exactly. Well, oh my, I can't believe time has <laughs> flown. Is there anything you want to add, Reggie? Sitting here with Reggie Gerald, uh, before we wrap up,
1: I would just say keep the faith, keep trying, believe in yourself, and again, things will happen in time. Be patient, 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 and also strive for excellence while you're doing it.
0: And I have a favor. Can you keep in touch with us? Anything you have coming up, your events, your books, um, all your stuff, I would love to stay in contact with you. And you can come back on Empower Wichita and just kind of keep us posted on your journey.
1: Will do. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Reggie Gerald, get his book now. It's available on Amazon, 31 Days, Nights, Memoir of Living Black in America. Thank you so much. We will be right back for Empower Wichita. Don't budge. It's Power 93.5. Empower
2: Wichita continues after this on Power 93.5. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.